Hello, welcome to the High Performance CEO Podcast, your exclusive access to the winning strategies and leadership habits of high-performing CEOs from all over the world. I'm your host, Sebastian Schieke, entrepreneur, CEO mentor, and business angel. Sit back, relax, and don't forget to take notes because I'm sure you will be able to take many gold nuggets on how to drive your business forward and develop a healthy and thriving work culture for your organization. Hey, welcome to another episode of the High Performance CEO Show. My name is Sebastian Schieke. I'm your host. I'm a business angel investor, founder of Sebastian Schieke and Company, entrepreneur for 25 plus years. And today I'm talking to Andre Orsaki. He's an amazing personality from Romania. He's an um, entrepreneur, business angel investor. He runs Staler, which is a very interesting startup. And he's been on a Forbes magazine. So, hey, Andre, welcome to the show. Amazing to have you here. Hey, Sebastian. Thanks for having me. So tell a little bit about your story. So how did you end up where you are right now? I mean, you run an amazing uh, startup. You're on a funding round at the moment. You're changing the way people or companies sell beauty services in Romania. Uh, and what is Stale all about? Uh, so actually, the idea uh, formed when the pandemic came. My uh, businesses uh, back then were affected by the pandemic. And I said, okay, this is producing massive disruption in the market. And I need to find an idea that can scale on the disruption that the pandemic is doing. So this is how Styler came. Uh, I looked based on my digital background, the uh, digital marketing background. I was looking for an opportunity. Uh, food was done and executed. The transportation was already executed. I found the beauty sector, which uh, was a public growth in Romania. I found the uh, com international competition and I said, okay, this is the thing to do. The internal, uh, international competition is busy fighting uh, each other in the big markets. So I'm going to start the staler here and uh, the aim to become a regional product, a regional solution provider or uh, some normal owners and professionals. And uh, two years after now, we raised so far 2 million euros and looking to raise our seed round and go international. So things have been working in the right uh, direction. Of course, we were a bit affected by war and uh, economic crisis, but we are surviving. We are breaking even and we are ready to go bigger now. Awesome. I mean, it's a typical story of turning a challenging situation into a success story, right? It's always mind-blowing, you know, when you talk to people, some see these challenges as, hey, this is the end of the world. You know, my business is failing. There's no future. And people like you, they take it and say, hey, okay, what can we do now? Yeah. How can we now create value? How can we use this situation, which happened to every one of us, and to create something out of that, which is booming business? And you definitely, obviously, hit a market niche in Romania. I mean, we have these kind of booking services, but obviously, if it haven't been developed in Romania yet, it's an amazing opportunity and something everyone needs. You know, everyone needs to go to a hairdresser. I just booked a hairdressing appointment yesterday online for uh, later on. It's a normal process. And uh, with every booking, these platforms, they take a small percentage and as an income. So how does it, this company look like? It's a startup. You're based in Romania. How large is your team? What are your biggest challenges? Uh, how do you run this organization? I just want to point out that when the pandemic started, we had a complete lockdown and then... Uh 
it began to flow, like people were let to go out and uh, so most were needing their new clients, mm -hmm. uh, so the industry crashed. So we were the solution back then in the market. We were offering new clients for one euro per reservation. So the salons were uh, more than uh, happy to welcome us. So we solved the chicken and egg problem. We had the salons on board. So we were able to start advertising and that got the initial light on and we uh -huh. got off from the ground. Uh, now we are 18 persons uh, uh -huh. working full time. The challenge was actually to pivot from hyper growth strategy, which means uh, grow at all, all costs and uh, put yeah. all your attention or velocity to sustainability when the war started. So everyone got a massive injection of uh, fear when the mm -hmm. war started and yes. uh, inflation was booming too and uh, central banks raising interest rates. So uh, we had to shift or focus to sustainability. We changed our business model and went from one euro per reservation to 35% from the first uh, client. And okay. the client comes back, then it's for free. This allowed us to go in a almost break-even zone and uh, go from there. We had to sustain ourselves for a few months. Cash was not easy to figure out, like the getting the money to fund the startup. Um, venture capitals were uh, just delaying, uh, saying, okay, let's talk in two, three months. Looks interesting. The classical answers they are saying. So yeah, we had to survive that. The pivoting worked. We are in safe waters now. We're going to survive. And we are now looking to raise our seed round the world in the upcoming months. Very challenging times. A lot of ups and downs of what I hear. And how did you motivate your team? How did you keep them on board? I mean, uh, you said a lot of people being very fearful. The war started. I mean, you're much nearer <laughs> to the war area than we are here. How did you lead your team? I mean, this show is all about leadership and this is one of the great skills of a successful entrepreneur is to give certainty to our people, uh, to show them that there's a future and the company will not only survive, but also thrive. So how did you do that? Well, with startups, there's not added extra pressure uh, every day on board because uh, we have to figure out continuously how we're going to pay the uh, salaries next month. Uh, mm -hmm. So this was the classical story before uh, we went on and pivoted to sustainability. The team is led by the vision. They know what we are looking for. We had a thrilling amount of confirmation based off our final round so far. We managed to raise two million euros from angel investors in Romania, which uh, so far nobody did, and uh, got on board some exceptional people that uh, are advising us and helping us uh, build towards our vision. And uh, that gave them security. We were performing way, way better than the other startup in the market, doing things that the market was saying, oh, it's impossible to raise that amount of money from angels at that valuation. Uh, we had our first funding, uh, our first round at 5 million valuation, uh, mm -hmm. which is uh, almost never happened in the Romanian market. Yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that got the team motivated. I was also close to them. We had to fire some people to let some people go. They were ups and downs, but at the end of the day, uh, uh, very good team right now with uh, every person being committed to the project. And uh, we are working towards a goal or become, uh, becoming the market leader and uh, monopolizing the, the industry. You also made it on the Forbes magazine. Yeah, on the Forbes cover, right? Yes, Forbes Romania. 
So it was on your bucket list, I saw. Yeah, one of your goals. Yes. How, how did you achieve that goal? Well, uh, it was a very loud year for Styler. We bought 1.3 million euros on marketing. So we were very, very loud for a startup. Uh, <laughs> again, never happened uh, in Romania. Our expertise or background was digital marketing. Yeah. So all the people got uh, retargeting and stuff like that. So we, we managed to do our, uh, some amazing noise, some huge quantity of noise and uh, I guess that attracted Forbes to us and it's actually a paradox when the Forbes cover hit I, I had so many problems uh, on my back trying to figure out the founding and like it was like such a sad and stressful day but such a dream was coming through so uh, that was a hard one to swallow it's probably hard uh, to enjoy this this success you know when you're so yes. uh, focused on all these these challenges that often we have to really slow down and, and, and step back and really take this moment and enjoy the success uh, and not just rush off to the next challenge. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's hard to do though when you have like a gun pointing at your head, uh, cash in the back for like 30 days. I had this routine where I was like doing sports and meditating and breathing exercises and cold showers yeah. just to regulate my stress level and like massage. And for the CEO, I guess one of the greatest battles he's uh, ever facing is the stress level. Yes. Because if I were to, to make a parallel to poker uh, play, uh, you all always playing with the right pot at the right table and the pot keeps getting bit, uh, bigger and uh, the stress level just increases by that. So that's uh, one of the hardest uh, things to do as a CEO. Everything lays on, on your shoulder to, to solve. Yeah, but obviously you have uh, you found strategies you can use to, uh, to manage the stress, which is amazing because I know so many people who don't have any strategies. They just work day by day and stress is really sort of killing them yeah? and uh, they wonder why they can't sleep, why they uh, are not uh, effective, successful anymore, why they, why they can't keep up with all the work because they don't have any strategies to deal with the stress. Like you said, working out, uh, meditating, um, get, finding time for yourself is um, very important, you know, and if everyone, people were saying, oh, you know, how can you get a massage when everything is, uh, is under fire? Hey, they don't have a clue, you know. I mean, it is important <laughs> to <laughs> to slow down and to uh, relax, and uh, you're obviously doing this uh, very well. Yeah, uh, another uh, trick I want to share is that, like, on the bad days, usually I'm doing primal in the morning, and like this is just putting myself into that energy of uh, a champion of uh, being able to achieve anything. But yeah. on the worst days, uh, you you can't do it. So on the worst days, I I'm not going to the office. I don't want my Uh, colleagues to see me like this because it will destroy uh, their energy so i'm just i will just work from home or work from anywhere just don't come to the office yeah. till i'm uh, good again so yeah that's another coping strategy uh, which also helps with leadership you don't want to see your leader down he has to be a tough one so what was the uh, the, the content of your story in forbes what did you talk about was the story you shared with the audience? It was about the vision of Styler, the velocity, the speed we executed with, uh, the round we raised. Uh, so I was a high profile in Romania, even before Styler, with lots of successful projects, uh, being yeah. a serial entrepreneur. And with Styler, it was just so out of the ordinary what we are uh, 
we were achieving with founding rounds, with expansion speed, with onboarding of the loans. And the problem we were actually solving in those bad days where we were uh, sending new clients to salons that were helping them achieve break even or make a small profit, which was tough in those days. Yeah. You talked about funding and uh, I know that many people who were watching this show or listening to the podcast, they are in the process of getting um, funding and many obviously struggle. It's a challenging time at the moment. What are your secrets? How do you uh, manage to raise this to millions, which you raise in a country where business angel investment is probably not that common as it is in, in other countries in the world? So this is okay. quite a significant achievement. I uh, would really love to hear more about how you managed this. It was a long journey. Like the professional investor monitored me for six months. I initially thought that it was going to be way easier. It wasn't, but I had some cash reserves uh, and I used my money to fund the startup. I had uh, a lot of skin in the game. And the moment it was traction that convinced them, I, I was getting 100 reservations a day after mm -hmm. things followed from launch. And they found that impressive. That's why they invested at my uh, given valuation. They were confident that I could scan it further. And I did. So today we have 35,000 uh, reservation amount in our uh, ecosystem and it's growing. We are breaking even. So we are the, uh, close to the point where we can eat the market out at a very fast speed. It's a game where the winner takes it all in this industry. So the first player that achieves a significant market share will have uh, some huge defensibility and basically going to be his market. Very bold statement. I'm uh, really looking forward to see you growing and uh, taking this, this market in Romania. And so you primarily, you focus on the beauty industry, so hairdressers, probably studios doing nails uh -huh. and uh, massage studios, this kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. And do you also do the marketing for your clients or how does it work? So uh, as a business, it's a market network. Uh -huh. uh, the salons and the professionals get uh, or start, which is free to use, and they can use it on the phone or on the desktop. They put in their clients and the free thought in their agenda business as available on the yes. platform. So clients can uh, directly book and search for open slots uh, in the city. Uh, check prices and obviously book. Uh, the marketing we are doing is for our platform and with uh, our clients, the salons being charged a commission from what uh, they are getting. So it's ba uh, basically a monthly recurring model where mm -hmm. they pay ba based on the performance we had. So it's also a very easy uh, to onboard model, especially for the salons. They have a very yeah. good deal. They are not able to acquire clients at the price they are paying us and for us obviously because we spend so much on marketing and got to their critical mass prices keep dropping down so uh yeah the business as everyday goes it's becoming easier and growing faster you had a lot of uh, interesting companies on your cv i mean you said you're a serial entrepreneur you're co-founder of stifler Worked in e-advertising, co-workers, is a staffing and recruiting business um, with doing 50 million revenue. So what is your biggest learning from all these different ventures? I mean, many people who listen to this show, they are in the process of starting a business or they're running 
one company. You founded, co-founded a few. Uh, you exited a few. It this requires a different mindset uh, from a normal founder. What would you say the biggest learning and the biggest difference to a founder who just uh, started and uh, only is focusing on one business? Yeah. So as a serial entrepreneur, I guess the biggest difference uh, compared to an entrepreneur is that you always work on the business, not in the business. You are working in the business just before the time you need just to figure out the right people and train them to your quality. So they like their work is okay with the quality control you have. And from that spot on, you just trust the people that they are going to manage and do their work. And yeah. uh, you just work from above. So basically the organization has to work by itself. You don't have to be involved in the process. Of course, uh, everything is coming and feeding you with data and you can interfere and like change the business model and give some instructions, but the process has to operate by itself. And when this happens, you will become free, your time will be free. You can work with a viewer overview, with a higher overview and uh, actually make some better decision by sitting back and not being the fire of the action and getting all the drama and the emotions that yes. are involved there. Yes, I love this answer. This is exactly what I was hoping to get from you. You said it very well. You're not involved in all this drama. And this is the biggest challenge entrepreneurs have. They run in, they start a business, but then, as you said, they work in the business so they always need to focus on all these different challenges and traumas and political uh, fights, maybe uh, between teams or at, at client sites. And this drains a lot of energy. Uh, this costs. And then gradually you, you burn out and you lose the interest in your business because it's, it's getting too much. Uh, but, uh, and you cannot really focus on growing the organization because you're so caught up in the, in the, uh, in the small details that you don't, you don't see the bigger picture. Uh? Uh -huh. And you can only do this by stepping away, uh, by uh, yeah, detaching yourself from day-to-day from -day work, uh, stepping away, looking at it as a whole, and uh, not, not seeing it as your baby, yeah? seeing it as an independent organization. And then you are free to make the right decision and to uh, scale this. Because most of the time, uh, the founder is the bottleneck of the growth. You know, <laughs> everything yeah. goes... Everything goes to them. And if they don't have the capacity, if they are too emotionally involved, this will slow down everything. Yeah, just, uh, it's about hiring the right people and exactly. letting them uh, do the job. Exactly. Yeah, trusting them, giving them authority to uh, make decisions and uh, hiring people who are also more intelligent than you because many people are afraid to hire people who are... Uh, who know more about a topic than themselves. They think they lose authority. No, it's completely wrong. We need to hire people who are better than we are because then they can do the job we were paying them for. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so absolutely. As an entrepreneur, we tend to be good at 50 things that uh, come into entrepreneurship, like, okay, leadership, finances, uh, and uh, marketing, sales, management, recruiting. Uh, we have all these different skills, but none is proficiency level or yeah. very few are proficiency level and you have to bring in the right thing that can will take it from you and uh, bring it further and uh, one of the biggest challenges uh, for entrepreneurs is hiring in a field they don't have any expertise at all so if you never worked in marketing you have no clue on how to hire the right person so you will have to get help there 
so you have a quality co- candidates uh, coming in uh, and uh, yeah, go from yeah. there basically. Awesome. I love this. So you're still looking for funding, right? So maybe it's okay. an uh, opportunity to um, say exactly what you're looking for, what kind of what kind of a business angel investor would be a good fit for a staler? Well, uh, smart money for us uh, is defined as angels which have background in uh, marketing. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to understand it from that uh, perspective. Uh, it's very easy to see that we are building a monopoly and we are hard to stop even right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, those would be the ideal angels. Then uh, angels with background in consumer products, in marketplaces, those will get the idea too. So uh, this is our smart money category yeah. okay um so really people who can help uh, building and growing the business are welcome and in which stage are you in the funding round how long will you uh, accepting uh, offers so we are already talking to vcs and aligning them well we accept the angel tickets because that gives us even more leverage towards uh, investment funds uh, i guess the round would be closed in uh, approximately three months Uh, after we sign the term sheets, uh, we'll be forbidden to accept more uh, capital. Uh, yeah, but uh, then uh, it's still on the table. Good. So for everyone who's listening, where can people find you? Where's the best place to connect with you? The best would be LinkedIn. Then my website, which is up, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> And my email address is just contact around my name.eu. So yeah. uh, for anybody listening, uh, it's a very simple email address. Great. Hey. A lot of wisdom you shared. Uh, thank you so much. Talked a lot about working on the business, not in the business, which is very important. Funding, uh, how to get on a Forbes cover. Anything else you'd like to share with the audience? So I, I would say follow your intuition. It's uh, follow your heart. It already knows the way. Don't listen to the naysayers. Yeah, that's don't, my advice to everyone. Don't listen to the naysayers. I love this. Uh, thank you so much for your time today. Um, your time is very precious. And thanks for sharing your wisdom and best of success. Uh, good luck for the expansion of uh, Staler. Thanks for having me, Sebastian. Hey, this has been the High Performance CEO Podcast. Join us again next week for more winning strategies and leadership habits from high-performing CEOs worldwide. If you have any questions or feedback on today's episode or would like to be a guest on my show, email us at success at We would love to hear from you. I'm Sebastian Schieke. Thank you for listening.